T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Live. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. And welcome into Sports Open Line for a Thursday night. Joe Pot in for Matt Polly tonight. Matt is uh, traveling back. He is traversing the country as we speak. Probably not. I don't know if it's right as we speak. I saw a tweet from him early this morning of the seagull on the balcony, and that that was pretty early, so it would have to have been. He's probably back home, but he has to settle in. He's been working hard out of the winter meetings. After all, he did get us Wilson Contreras. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Uh, I want to talk about that tonight. I'm going to talk some blues hockey tonight. We've got a shorter show for you tonight, just 6 to 7 o'clock, because uh, we do have Thursday night football here on uh, Camo X tonight. It's the uh, Raiders and the Rams uh, coming up later tonight. So that'll be at uh, 7 o'clock or just after 7 o'clock. So we've got you from 6 until 7 and uh, a couple of guests for you tonight. We'll visit with Luke Korak of NHL.com. Talk to him about what is going on with the St. Louis Blues. They play tonight, by the way. They are uh, at home hosting Winnipeg, the first place Winnipeg Jets in town. We'll talk to Rob Raines of stlsportspage.com, a longtime uh, beat writer for the Cardinals. We'll talk to him, of course, about the Wilson Contreras signing and other uh, news, or if there is other news, if he thinks that the Cardinals are done or if he thinks that there is more to come in this offseason. I think it was finally a winter meetings. It felt like finally a winter meetings to me. I don't know how you feel, Matt Pajeski, who's behind the board for us tonight. We always appreciate uh, all that he does uh, for us, for the show, for Camo Exports, but it felt like that we're finally kind of back to a normal offseason, right? Because it's been slow. We've not really seen... Last year, you had the lockout, so there really wasn't a lot of movement going in. This They call this the hot stove season for a reason, because you expect there to be breaking news and player signings. It was, we even had a fake signing for a while. I I work with a diehard New York Yankees fan. He said he felt like he had a death in the family because they actually reported that San Francisco had signed Aaron judge at one point, John Heyman, I think reported it. And then John Heyman walked it back and said, oops, not yet. Not quite not done deal. So I had people that I work with on a daily basis, freaking out because Aaron judge was signing somewhere else. And then a day later, Aaron judge resigned with the New York Yankees. But that is the kind of news that I'm here for. That is what we want from a baseball off season. Right? Right. And yeah. It, was, it wasn't Aaron judge. It was arson judge, arson judge. I'm yeah. sorry. So he went to arson judge, went to the giants, Aaron <laughs> judge went to the Yankees, his twin. Yeah. <laughs> 
his smaller twin who probably doesn't hit uh, 62 homers in a year. But but I I just mean that is uh that's what you want from the winter meetings. Even going into the winter meetings we were sort of like, well, you know, if there's not going to be moves, maybe there's going to be some groundwork laid for the moves uh to come, but this is I think, you know, what we want and what we expect as as sports guys and as guys that are paid to be on the radio and talk about this stuff. That's that's the kind of stuff we live for is this kind of thing. And I think that, you know, I mean, ultimately, and, and forget that as sports fans, right? You want the movement and you want your team to be involved in some of the rumors, even if it doesn't come true. And obviously for Cardinals fans, you know, they've got their guy. But um, just back to the original point, I think that this is this is hopefully, and there's there's still more to come, but the winter meetings has given us a good start, would you say? Oh, yeah. And uh, Matt Pauly uh, wrote an op-ed uh, last night that this is this is kind of like step one, even though Contreras wasn't the, the, their first step, but it's it's their first big step, and this kind of sets them up for the rest of the offseason. They can they shouldn't they shouldn't uh, be complacent yet with what they got, but it is a, a bit of a weight off their shoulders too, for sure. I I a hundred percent agree with that, and I will tell you that Wilson Contreras was my number one. He that's who I wanted in this catcher spot. Um, I even said at the middle of last year, I think I mentioned it probably on a or post-game show that could we be seeing the future Cardinals catcher when the Cubs were in town? Um, I, I think that, and I understand 100%, I, Sean Murphy is a supreme talent. Um, he is the sort of defensive first type catcher, right? He is what St. Louis has been used to for the last uh, 19 seasons. I'm past it. That's That's where I'm coming from. I think that, I mean, I was ready for it to be an offensive first catcher. And a guy that, and he's not a bad defensive catcher. He's not going to be Yadier Molina, but I don't think that many are, and or any are, if uh, if that's the case. But he is he is an offensive catcher. And um, actually, if you go back and look at the tweets from Kevin Wheeler, he broke it down great. He he was comparing Wilson Contreras. He was comparing what he how he compared to the five hole, how he compared to the catching position, all of those things. So it's. He's got all of those breakdowns for you. I'm not going to get into all of that, but the point being is this is a guy that has 420 home run seasons in his past, has a World Series championship, of course, in his past. Uh, he is somebody that will bring a presence to the clubhouse. Of course, Yadier Molina has long been a presence in this clubhouse, uh, more so, I think, even that, definitely more so than Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, and not that he's not a presence, he's not that kind of up front in your face kind of presence. He is a guy that is going to do his speaking with what he does on the field more often than not. So you want, I think you were kind of wanting that big presence in the clubhouse. Albert Pujols gave you that, of course, for 10 years. He gave you that last year coming back, but Wilson Contreras is going to bring you that big time. And if you have not looked, you should go look and you should go read the Players' Tribune because he wrote a piece today, and of course the deal is not 100% final because we're waiting on a physical, but when the uh, player himself writes a piece about uh, coming to St. Louis and what it means to him, uh, I think it's. I think we're pretty sure that the, the deal is uh, good to go. But he, I said this in uh, sports, or, I'm sorry, in Total Information PM when I was chatting with Kevin Wheeler, he basically checked all of the boxes to endear himself to the city of St. Louis and to the baseball fans in St. Louis. He started off by praising Yadier Molina and everything that Yadier Molina has meant to the game, has meant to uh, him as a catcher, uh, him as a Latin catcher, all of those things. 
said it great. Then he said all of the things that Cardinals fans want to hear about the tradition and the success and playing for an organization like the St. Louis Cardinals. And then he said all of the right things about John Mozeliak, his his boss now. Uh, He said all of the right things about uh, the manager, Oliver Marmel, and was convinced. He said that that's what convinced him. They came down and visited in person in Miami and talked to him about what they expected, what they expected from the organization, what they were trying to do to the organization and where he fit in this organization. And he was sold. And he said he could picture himself in a cards uniform and it's well-written. It is fantastic. All, all of the players tribune pieces I think are great. And I think it's another thing, you know, that we always hear that I always hear, even as a play-by-play guy, right? The thing that I hear most is, well, we want to know the players. We want to know the players more, you know, more than just stats. And I get that. You want to know the stories and you want to, you want to kind of hear them. Well, the Players' Tribune is a great place to kind of get that player's voice. You're getting firsthand from the guy who is out there every day putting on the hat and, you know, squatting down behind home plate, in this case, in, in Wilson Contreras. And it was a well-written piece. It was very cool. And, and uh, he is very fired up and very excited about getting to play for the Cardinals and, and getting here and and you know, kind of restarting his career. He's only known the Cubs and he has only known the Cubs from a, from the, you know, from minor leagues developmental all the way up through the major leagues and obviously won a world series. So it was really cool. So go read that. Uh, we're going to switch gears when we come back here on sports open line. Luke Korak of NHL.com is going to visit with us. We'll talk to him about the blues as they play, get set to play the uh, Winnipeg jets coming up tonight. I'm Joe pot. It's sports open line. And this is camo X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He's America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Joe Pot back in on Sports Open Line. We are actually, like, legitimately just down the street from Enterprise Center. I mean, but that's not actually, you know, from... It could be, though, because our next guest is actually in the press box tonight. Uh... 
to talk a little blues with us on the Quiver River guest line is Luke Korak from NHL.com. Uh, so the, the Oregon, in fact, was not coming from uh, Enterprise Center tonight, but I know that you are uh, ready for a big Central Division matchup tonight, Lou. Well, no, they're playing, what is this? <laughs> the the Grovelinger, if that's what I'm reading right, I've They've got they've got the singers singing outside in the concourse right now, what they usually do. But the organ will start up here soon enough, Joe. Very shortly. Well, I appreciate you taking some time uh, just ahead of this one tonight uh, for the Blues. Um, this is a team that is uh, that is perplexing uh, in so many ways. And when I was uh, when we were chatting in the five o'clock hour with um, Kevin Wheeler, and we were talking about not only is this team streaky, but it's like extreme streakiness, right? It'll be um, one end of the spectrum to the other there. This is a team that's not lost a one goal game, but it's the same team that's given up four goals in their last eight games for at least four goals in their last eight straight games. So, you know, just kind of set us where, where do you see this team right now going into this game tonight against the first place jets? Well, you're coming off of a nice win, obviously, mm-hmm. a much-needed win on Tuesday against a very good team. Let's face it, the Islanders are good. And, you know, if you didn't have a uh, a third period, I guess large hiccup is the best way I can describe it against the Rangers, you sweep that New York series. So, um, you know, I think Braden Shen said it pretty good this morning. You know, we, we played five out of six good periods. And I I, I think, he's, think he's on the mark with that one. But what you got to stop here, Joe, is – You've got to stop these. When when you bleed one mistake, you can't let it bleed into two, three, four. And that's, I mean, think about this. It's not only eight games of allowing four goals or more. It's eight straight games where you've given up three goals in any in, in a period. That crazy. To me, yeah, that to me is it's is what really stands out. Is you've gone eight straight games where you've had a period where you've allowed at least three goals. That's that's not winning hockey. That's not a recipe for winning hockey. And that's certainly not sustained. I mean, you gave up three goals in the third period against the Islanders on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, but is it, that almost means, you know, you're going to have to score five, six, seven goals a game in order to just win. And, and, in, and in this league, that's just not sustainable. So they're going to have to limit their, once they start limiting their mistakes and executing better, you're going to start seeing better results. If not, you're going to see more of the same of, what you've been seeing in this last stretch. And, you know, with that quote you uh, gave or the, the comments that, that Shen gave, that Rangers game was just a microcosm, right? Because the first two periods, I mean, even down to the possession time, just dominated by the Blues over the first two periods and then just went the opposite in the third period. And that it's it's kind of that, that's what you're kind of alluding to. You know, once you make the one mistake, it just sort of spirals into so many more, uh, mistakes, and that's what we're seeing. So Thomas Grice back in uh, goal tonight. Uh, after the Rangers game, uh, Craig Berube, you know, showed a little bit of, I don't know, disappointment. Um, not that, not even disappointment. He She showed a little bit of uh, anger, I guess, towards Jordan Bennington and some of the things that happened outside of his play on ice. There was the the play behind the net that night, and of course he had gone to uh, I guess that wasn't that night, but in the Pittsburgh game and he had gone to the bench, he ends up with the misconduct. So um, is this a little bit of, of that as well? I know his comments, he, he says the rest is going to be good, but is this a little bit of that as well? Time to kind of take a timeout? A little bit of both. I think more 
more or less just a reset. Um, and he termed it that way today, more of a reset. Um, if you look at it, Joe, he started 20 of the 26 games. It's a lot of hockey right now. There's some guys that can handle that workload. And I'm not saying that Jordan Bennington can't handle it, but when you're not backing it up with the results, um, there's really no other way of looking at it. So I think what's going to happen here is, is they're giving him a couple of extra days here. They're going to have a couple of practice days coming up after tonight. And they don't get up back on the ice until Sunday afternoon. They're like, they're, unless Thomas Grice just, you know, plays lights out tonight and maybe pitches a shutout and stonewalls Winnipeg, uh, chances are you're probably going to see Jordan Bennington against Colorado on Sunday and get him going there. But I think it's a little bit also of um, Thomas Grice has won his last three starts. So, you know, they're in need of wins right now. And although his numbers may not be, you know, eye popping and gouty, you know, being, you know, three and zero with a 3.5 goals against and a nine twelve save percentage in his last four appearances, you know, that that's not earth shattering, but he's getting the job done and he's seeing high volume of shots and, making uh, high-danger saves, and that's really what they need right now. And I, I turned to yesterday. I think Jordan Bennington's play just here recently, he's been really good, you know, despite the numbers earlier in the year, but his play recently has been a little leaky. And I, I think, you know, like Craig Berube said today, maybe a reset will do him good. Just get him a couple of extra days to kind of refocus and uh, retackle things and, and, and go back at it the best way he knows how. Isn't this really, too, though, what, they kind of had in mind um, as opposed to where you have, you know, not necessarily two number ones, but a number one and a very close number two, like they've had, you know, previously, like they had with Billy Huso and the situation like it was with Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington. Didn't they want a more, you know, severe split between number one and number two on a number one and then a backup. And that's, that's what they've gotten. I mean, that's, that's why Bennington's played the bulk of the games, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you look at Thomas Grice before tonight, he started six games, he's played eight, and in five of the six, he's come in uh, and started the second of back-to-back games. So that's pretty much what he's getting the majority of. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, coming in tonight, uh, Joe, we all were watching the morning skate, and we thought it was going to be, you know, Jordan Biddington tonight. And next thing you know, Thomas Grice is the first guy off the ice and kind of threw us all back a little bit. But you know what? I, I kind of understand it. It makes a little bit of sense. And the game they played against Winnipeg in, in late October, he was really good in that game and stopped 39 of 42 shots. So he gave them a chance. It was one to nothing going into the third period. And then Winnipeg kind of pulled away in that game. So um, I think they're just giving him uh, not only another opportunity, but a little bit of a reward for having a good outing against the Jets and the Jets. Let's face it right now. They're at the top of the central division. Uh, uh, running running the show right now in a very good competitive division off to a great start, and they want to see what Grice can do against them again here tonight. It is a uh, competitive division, and, and by competitive, it's also fairly tight. I mean, you've got nine points between the Jets at the top, the Blues in sixth. That can certainly be, I mean, that's a benefit to the Blues who aren't playing particularly well, that they are not just absolutely buried in this division right now. No, you you go on a little bit of a streak here, Joe. You win two, three, four games mm-hmm. in a row, and you're right back in the mix, you know. So, But they've got to start making headway here soon because you don't want this to start getting away from you because you're going to be getting into the Christmas season here soon. And, you know, I know a lot of teams look at Thanksgiving to see where they're at. The Blues were in a playoff position. And, you know, you want to be hovering around that mark around Christmas time and, 
we're getting there, and, and the schedule's only getting tougher. Uh, real quick, give us an update. I know that Pavel Buchnevich as well as Tori Krug both out tonight. Can you update us on either of those two? Yeah, they're both day-to-day. I think Krug could have played tonight, but Craig Berube said he wanted to give him a couple of extra practice days just to get him in there. Um, and he was comfortable with the six that played the other night. And Buchnevich uh, didn't skate this morning. Krug did. Uh, called him day-to-day. I think it's a sigh of relief because he wasn't sure a couple of days ago if these were going to be long-term injuries, and it don't appear that either one of them are. Fantastic. Lou Korak from NHL.com. He is at LKorak10 uh, on Twitter. You can follow him there. I certainly do. I appreciate the time. I know it's a game night, and you're getting ready for one with the Jets, and we appreciate you taking some time tonight, Lou. All right, Joe. Take care. There he is. That's Luke Korak from NHL.com. Blues getting set for the Jets coming up uh, just about a half an hour from now. Um, the first place Winnipeg Jets at Enterprise Center. Thomas Grice and goal for the Blues. We will switch gears. We will get back to talking some more baseball with our next guest. Rob Raines uh, coming up a little bit on the other side of the next break. at Sports Open Line here on a Thursday. I'm Joe Pott. This is KMOX. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Kansas City KMOX. Joe Pod back in on a Thursday night. It's Sports Open Line, a shorter show tonight. We go just to seven o'clock, and it's Thursday night football uh, at that point. So. Uh, switching things up a little bit, we touched on the Blues, of course, who are getting set for a game tonight, but we uh, would be remiss not to uh, revisit a little baseball talk, talk a little Cardinals, among uh, other things. With our next guest, we go back to the Quiver River guest line, and uh, with us now, it's Rob Raines from stlsportspage.com. Rob, appreciate you taking some time tonight as well. Uh, my pleasure, Joe. Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. Um I mentioned this already, but I am thrilled with the signing of Wilson Contreras. That was my number one as far as what I wanted them to do, where I wanted them to go catching-wise. I am thrilled that they have done that. Um, Were you surprised? Uh, Do you like the signing? All of those good things that come along with a big free agent signing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you look at it and you say, you know, compare like, compare him and Sean Murphy, for example, okay? You know, which, if you had a, if a perfect world, you could have either of them, the cost is exactly the same, what, you know, what, whatever, would you have taken Murphy over Contreras? And I think the answer is probably yes, simply because of the difference in a couple of years in age, difference a little bit in the defensive ability, but the, everything's not being equal. You know, I mean, you got Contreras and all you had to give him was money. Whereas if the reports that we've seen, you know, are accurate, and I have no reason to doubt that they are, you know, what Oakland was asking for in exchange for Murphy would have been a disastrous trade for the Cardinals, even as good as, as Murphy is. So, you know, that's why I'm sure the Cardinals were trying to see if Oakland would come off of that demand and maybe try to put a, you know, slot a couple of different players into to uh, into the conversations, but Oakland wasn't budging, and as a result, uh, Murphy's still in Oakland, and Cardinals have Contreras. And I think you have to 100% respect the way that um, the organization went about it. As you said, they're probably actively discussing with Oakland if there is any way to come down off their demands from the players that they, you know, that they wanted. We, you know, read Donovan and Newt Barr, among others, among prospects. But at the same time, they are also meeting in person with Wilson Contreras, with his family in Miami. I mean, the due diligence obviously was done. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like they all of a sudden decided you know, <laughs> right. within a span of 24 hours. Okay, well, we're not going to get Murphy unless we get Contreras. I mean, they were they were you know there were parallel tracks going on at the same time, and there had to be because if they they knew if they and I think the same thing was going on with the shortstop situation as well because they knew that if if something were to happen one way, then it would impact something else and would trigger another possible move. So I give them credit for for doing that and not putting all of their eggs, you know, in one basket, so to speak, to pull out the cliche and and then be stuck if nothing happens. So, you know, Contreras is definitely a, a the, the best free agent catcher that was on the market. He's definitely the best offensive free agent catcher that was there. I mean, 22 home runs a year ago and what really wasn't a, a great year for him. He's still 30 years old, so I think you know the 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 definitely is an upgrade on the offensive side of the of the catcher, which Cardinals desperately needed. I mean, John Mozeliak basically had to do this because he made no secret uh, ever since the season ended that they were going to try to provide an upgrade for the the catcher position, and that was the, their number one priority. So he kind of backed himself into a corner a little bit by saying that and, and knowing that that's what they had to do. And yet I give him credit for getting it for getting it done, you know. So uh, and we'll see. You know, I, I think the thing interesting thing about Contreras defensively is you know it's hard to to two things it's hard to compare anybody to Molina uh, even though I think Molina slipped a little bit as he got older you know that he wasn't the defensive catcher that he was in his in his prime and that's to be expected but I also think that with the rules that are going to be changing at some point here in the next couple of years uh, the pitch framing all that kind of stuff the things that Yachty did so well are not going to Might not matter. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not going to become as important. So you're not going to be able to steal a pitch, for example, because of the way you caught it and moved your glove, and the umpire give you gave you the call. Um, so so we'll see how that affects you know the overall game. So you know we don't and we won't know. You know I've seen and read about some of the pitchers that Contreras worked with with the Cubs have have very, given him high marks and said he definitely improved defensively over the years. They liked pitching to him. They thought he called a good game. So, you know, so I, I think that, and yeah, I think he wants to be here, which is number one. I think he's not, he's not scared by being the guy that's going to follow Molina. He's accepting that responsibility from what I've seen and, well, and heard him he's say. He's embracing it now, according to that yeah. player's tribune article. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, that's, you know, you wouldn't want somebody come in and, and all of a sudden, cause you know, he's going to hear the comparisons, you know, people are going to still be talking about Molina and well, this, he doesn't do this as well as Molina or, you know, whatever, but I think he can make up for that by, you know, what he does do well and this accentuate what he does well, which is, which is hit. And the other thing, I think the only thing that scares me a little bit about it is the five-year contract. But again, I think the other thing is that kind of takes away some of the risk factor is the, the fact that he also has had a pretty good success as a DH. So if you're getting two or three years into that contract and he's not really the catcher that he should be to be behind that position, you have somebody Herrera or whoever it is is kind of ready, then you could just kind of probably easier slide him into that DH role, at least on a part-time basis. Yeah. And I'm less worried about, I mean, starting, you know, a five-year contract starting at age 30 than I am, you know, starting at even like age 32. I mean, so that doesn't bother me. And is that exactly as you said, having the, the DH in the NL, I mean, makes a world of difference for this deal, uh, period. So like I said, I am all for it. I like the fact that they are moving towards or that they have moved now towards a more offensive-minded, uh, you know, catcher and, and getting offense out of that position. Before I let you go, I do want to uh, just, you know, your opinion, do you think there's more to come? Um, even if it's, you know, on a small, I, I would imagine it's on a smaller scale. Do you think there's more to come from, from John Moselec and company? I'd like to see him go still try to strengthen the pitching staff, whether it's a, a starter or a bullpen guy or a guy who could probably go both ways. I think I still think, and I know they've got six guys that they say could start if the season started tomorrow, but to me that, you know, I'm not 
I think they've got the offense now. With I'm still bullish on the young kids. I I like the fact that they didn't have to trade any of those guys to to upgrade the offense. And I still think you're going to count on O'Neill and and Gorman and Carlson being better than they were in 2022. So uh, to me, if they're going to get a big improvement and maybe have a potentially deeper run in October, they've got to do it on the pitching side. They've got to go get a guy who can be a, a number one or a front of the rotation starter. I just don't think they. I think they've got a bunch of guys that are third or fourth, fifth starters. But you know, maybe Flaherty could be the one if he's healthy. But I, I think that's where the next upgrade should come if it was me. Well, and it's and it's crazy, right? Because a couple of years ago, had you said, "Yeah, Flaherty's still on this team, and you don't have a necessarily a number one starter," you would have said, "You're you're nuts." But it's because of that, the fact that now you don't have the clean injury history, you can't guarantee that that he's going to be able to to answer the bell, you know, through the end of the year. And I think you need more than one anyway. I mean, even if he was the number one right. guy, I mean, I think you know, look at you know, Verlander and, and Scherzer. I mean, look at the way the other top. You know, we saw Nolan and Wheeler, you know, certainly in October here. So, I mean, I think, I think the teams that are positioned to have a deeper run in October, they've got a couple of those guys. They don't just have one. And do you believe that they are, that the Cardinals are content with what they have offensively where the, and the way they line up defensively? I think so, but I think it all, I mean, I think they're going to be open to, to listening. I mean, I think they're going to be exploring options. I mean, I think, you know, if they could find another bat, somewhere i think they'd probably listen to it you know i think they've seen we've, we've seen evidence that they're not really interested in trading some of the top prospects which i agree with so uh, they could just go see what what other you know minor maybe another free agent that they could get on a shorter term deal that you know not to say Corey dickerson but somebody that would fall into that kind of you know category that you could sign to a one-year part-time role something like that to strengthen the the bench i could maybe see but you know i i think that they're pretty comfortable with, with what they've got. And actually they've probably got more players right now than they'll have, you know, when you look at the, try to break down the roster and say, who are the 26 players who are the 13 position players. They're going to be on this roster when the season starts, if they don't make any other moves, especially if you add in the possibility of Jordan Walker making the team out of spring training, you know, they've, they're already kind of in a numbers crunch. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good point because you're at a, you're in a situation now where you're certainly, I mean, you're not really roadblocking anybody from, from making that ascension. Um, and, and obviously within the next couple of years, we're going to see one of, if not both of Jordan Walker and Mason win. So I, I, I do like where they're at and, and hundred percent agree with you when you say, you know, when you talk about and going back to the Sean Murphy deal, not mortgaging, you know, what you have, even if it's, you know, not your top prospect, we, we know that the Cardinals are going to be protective of those guys. I think there's not that much difference really between Contreras and Murphy offensively. I do think there's a little bit of a difference defensively, but it's not, not worth what it would have cost you and the difference in what it took to get Contreras versus what it would have cost you to get Murphy. hundred percent. And I, like I said, I'm excited about it. I like it. And uh, if, if, uh, if he's excited as he seemed to be, you know, when he wrote in the players tribune, I think that I think St. Louis fans are going to love the guy. Well, we heard back, you know, as early as that season when he, you know, was there going to be, he's going to be a free agent. He's reaching out to Quintana. He was checking in with the Quintana's, saying, right. What's going, what's going on in St. Louis? I mean, you, you could tell from two or three months ago that St. Louis was really where he wanted to go. And I suspect he probably had, you know, similar contract offers from other, other teams. We know Houston was interested in him. I think there are a couple other clubs as well, but he was obviously holding out, waiting for, for St. Louis to come through. And they did. Rob, baseball season will be here before we know it. Uh, it's already here. It's always baseball. <laughs> it's always, it is always baseball season. Well, I appreciate you spending a little bit of uh, time with us tonight. Uh, have a great holiday, great new year. I'm sure we'll have a chance to catch up again. Thank you. My pleasure. That is Rob Raines, stlsportspage.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Rob Raines. 
Always great to uh, chat with him. As I said, he's been covering the Cardinals for a long time, so great to get his perspective on things as well. It is a shorter show, so we only go till uh, 7 o'clock tonight, and then it's Thursday night football here on KMOX. So we'll wrap things up on the other side of the break. I'm Joe Pott at Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line continues on a Thursday night here on Camo X. Last uh, segment, though, because we've got Thursday Night Football for you coming at you at 7, a little after 7. That is the Raiders and the Rams, right? Raiders and the Rams coming up at 7 o'clock. Um, so just, you know, kind of following up on some of that, because I, I was chatting with Kevin Wheeler before it was even off air. We were talking before we did a little sports uh, chat in the five o'clock hour. And just to, to Rob's point to Rob rain's point that if you're the Cardinals, you're probably not that you're not, you're not that you're done wrap it up. Hey, we're good. (laughs) We'll wait. We'll be good in February, but you feel like you're in a good spot. Certainly when it comes to the lineup, what you have for bats, what you have defensively. Um, You know, I know that there are, Lots of people that wanted a shortstop, right? But it was going to cost you a ton of money, too, if you were going to go after uh, the shortstop. Look at Xander Bogart's got 11 years, $280 million. That situation, by the way, reminds me a lot of the Albert Pujols situation in 2011. Because what I read today was that the Sox offered him six years, 160 a slightly higher annual average value. But just, I mean, just about half the amount of years that he got from the Padres, which was sort of the same situation as we had heard it in 2011 with the Cardinals, that the Angels were willing to go that 10 years. The Cardinals weren't necessarily willing to go that many years. Um, And that's sort of where the disconnect came in there. And you're talking about somebody in a similar situation that played his entire career in Boston. He played the last 10 years there in Boston, won a World Series with Boston. Um, So it's that, that reminded me of that. But so point being, you were going to spend a ton on a shortstop probably, and the Cardinals were made no secret about the fact they were perfectly content to have Tommy Edmond at shortstop. Um, Paul DeYoung is still on this team as well, so you still have Paul DeYoung. But when you look at the main pieces of what this lineup is going to look like, and you have, and that is considering Brendan Donovan probably right at second base for uh, most of the regular starts there, and then you have... Nolan Gorman, you have Juan Yepes, you have two guys already as far as the DH spot goes. Um, You can kind of platoon those guys, lefty-righty, and certainly we know uh, Juan Yepes capable of fitting right-handed pitchers. Um, And as we kicked this around, Kevin and I, we were just, we were kind of getting excited by what the Cardinals can do with the lineup and the pieces. And then as Rob Raines pointed out, when you add to that fact that at some point you might see Jordan Walker. I don't know if you're going to see him out of spring training, but I think also the good thing there is you don't have to see him out of spring training either. You don't have to rush him. Um, 
But but if he's ready, you also you know have the opportunity to have that as part of your lineup as well. So I also agree that uh, pitching is where I want them to maybe explore what is out there. And I said this when we did the the show that aired on Thanksgiving, actually, with Matt Pauly and Tom Ackerman, and we were talking about kind of what do you want. And, of course, we all knew that catcher was going to be number one. You had to, That was had to be number one on your list. But I said pitching came right after that. Was a little surprised to see them not go in, and maybe they did go in on uh, Quintana. I don't know if they did or not, but the Mets, of course, signed him a couple of days back. Because you do not have somebody who you say is your number one. You have the guy that is you're going to um, put at the number one. Flaherty can be that guy. Of course he can. But kind of like Tyler O'Neill, I was out on Tyler O'Neill. I was completely sold on Tyler O'Neill then after 2021. And then unfortunately the injury history uh, or the injuries got him last year. And so now you don't know what you have in Tyler O'Neill as far as staying healthy for a full season. We are in the same boat with Jack Flaherty. You do not know uh, what you have as far as the injuries go with Jack Flaherty, uh, unfortunately, because he was at one point certainly certainly poised to be uh, that number one. And I think to some extent you have the same thing with Dakota Hudson. You forget that this is a guy that won 16 games in his first year in the bigs. And so he was going to be that 1A or that number two right behind Jack Flaherty. But now he's also got injury history, so you don't know what to expect with Dakota Hudson. Matthew Libertor never became the consistent starter that you wanted him to last year, and so he ended up going up and down and up and down. Miles Michaelis was the most consistent starter you had, probably start to finish, but definitely in the first half of the season. Jordan Montgomery obviously brought you a lot of stabilization when he got here midway through the season, so you've got that coming back. And then, of course, Adam Wainwright, who also kind of faltered at the end of the year. Now, if you listen to Adam Wainwright, he identified a problem. It was a stride problem. It was mechanics, and he knows how to fix it, and he knows where he needs to go to get back to where he was. But um, you also have a guy who's 41 years old, and so that in itself brings inconsistency and brings a player that is obviously on the downside of that career. But if you go back to what he did in 2021, same kind of thing. This was a, you know, one of your most consistent, if not your most consistent guy from the end of spring training all the way through uh, the end of the year and into the postseason. And of course, this year he did not pitch in the postseason uh, because of his struggles, A, and because you had a Quintana and you had a Jordan Montgomery that had sort of taken over the uh, top of the rotation after arriving here at the trade deadline. What I said then, and I'll, I'll repeat it, is I just, I want it to be the last two years this team has had to go out at the trade deadline and acquire pitching just to get themselves into the postseason. It took that pitching and it took a 19 or 18 game win streak, whatever it was in 2021 to get there. But it took that pitching, no doubt about it. It took Quintana and Montgomery to overtake the Brewers in 2022. And obviously the Brewers fell back as well, but you had to have that stabilization. So it's been the last two years you've had to go get two starters to in order to make sure that you felt more comfortable to get yourself into the postseason. So I don't want it to be this year where here comes July and the Cardinals are five and a half games out of first, or even if they're a couple of games up on whoever the next closest competitor is in the National League Central Division and you feel like you've got to go stabilize your rotation. I want it I would like to feel more stable with the rotation. And that might come from these six guys in spring training. Maybe it comes right out of spring training and you feel 
a lot more comfortable. I'm not saying that. I don't know that, but I just don't want it to be another July where we're like, all right, who can we get together? What can we scrape together to put together a package and get a couple of guys here or get a starter to kind of shore things up? I want that to be more stabilized. I want to feel like that is more stabilized at the trade deadline. Um, and then if you need to, then maybe is when you, you know, maybe you have to go get a bat. You never know, obviously, where you're going to be injury-wise. So even if it's, you know, not with the pitching staff, you may have to go get a bat to fill a spot uh, in the outfield or fill a spot in the infield. And also maybe at that point in time, Walker's ready to come up. If he hasn't broken camp with you in, in spring, in March and in April, maybe he's ready to come up at that point. Uh, or maybe you have a Mason Wynn that's ready to come up at that point. I don't know. I don't know where, where those things lie, but I would just rather not be going looking for a pitching, uh, a starting pitcher at the trade deadline in July. Uh, Thursday Night Football is coming up here on KMOX. My thanks to Luke Korak. My thanks to Rob Raines for uh, taking the time tonight and chatting with us a little bit. Uh, Blues getting set to face the first place Winnipeg Jets over at Enterprise Center. Uh, and if you haven't read that Players' Tribune article from uh, Wilson Contreras, you should go read that Players' Tribune article because if you didn't like him or you think, oh, he's just a former Cub, I think you might change your mind after you read that. I'm Joe Pot. Thanks for joining me tonight on Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.